You're listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey, The Good, The Bad, and The Branding with Danielle Clem, the weekly podcast created for fellow entrepreneurs, whether just starting out, established in your business, or simply testing out the waters. We're here to put the real back in entrepreneurial reality. Each episode guides you through the different paths walked and lessons learned by fellow bosses, how they got through it, and tips that got them there sprinkled in with a little business branding and a whole lot of heart. One question is, are you ready to dive in? Here's your host, designer, marketer, and frequent iced coffee drinker, Danielle Clem. Hey guys, so I wanted to come on here, real talk, no filter. Something that's been coming up a lot recently has been this area around overwhelm and I think for a lot of entrepreneurs out there whether you know it or not overwhelm can really hit you and it can hit you hard especially when new things happen something new changes either in your personal life maybe you're doing a new launch maybe you're trying to get your health back overwhelm can really hit hard and personally as someone who's very creative minded someone who likes to think things out it can almost be a curse of sorts but it allows me to kind of give an opportunity to really see okay how do i want to approach this and the reason why i'm talking about this today is because it hit pretty hard today and the reason why is because on top of doing a launch which i love launches um my partner started his new job which i'm super proud of him for however now his schedule is the exact opposite of mine Literally for the last three years, he's been uh, he gets off Friday through Sunday, and I created my business to kind of mirror that because I wanted to make sure that we had time for each other. And now, as of last week, he's off Monday through Thursday, which, as most people know, is most people's day to day work. And that's been something that's been very interesting for me to since currently, my partner just started his new uh, schedule where he is off Monday through Thursday, but works like Friday through Monday, which is absolutely horrific for trying to schedule around and like sch- and changes every different like week. It goes like one day later, later. So something that's been coming up that I wanted to share for a lot of you out there as well is that this is going to happen no matter what. You're going to have a new shift in your business. You're going to have something in your personal life or health that might affect where you're coming from, and that's totally fine. However, you might kind of be in the shit sometimes. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, Something that I've noticed that's been helping me recently is to just first brain dump. And I know that sounds very much like a of course to do it, but for me and for a lot of you out there, I think having the space of being an entrepreneur and trying to really grow your business while being also a person and a wife or a partner or friend and so many other things, you can be so much in your mind that it's very hard to get out of that. It's very hard to figure out really how to disconnect and really see what's the truth and what's not the truth. Because something for me that I've noticed very frequently is that as a marketing mind, as a very logistical person, it's very easy for me to think about, oh, I can do this strategy and this and this tactic. And then by the end of the day, the to-do list is like 50 pages long, when in reality, there's probably only about 10 to 15 things that I need to do. But the problem is that we get so focused on okay, let's go for this goal and that goal and this goal, trying to keep it all together, something might just break. And 
this is really just a reminder for a lot of you out there who might be experiencing overwhelm, who might be experiencing trying to figure out which to-dos to do, is there's just three main things you have to always do, maybe three to five, every single day or every week. The first is grow your list, grow your audience in some way. And there's tons, like dozens or hundreds of tactics you can do. Um, but the first thing I'd say, if you wanna grow your audience, choose which community you wanna focus on for the next 30 to 60 days. Now what this means is um, some people, if your people are on Instagram, grow your Instagram or focus just on your Instagram or on Facebook, focus on Facebook. Choose one of those places because that's one of the biggest things I see for overwhelm and anxiety for myself and for a lot of other people is like there's so many different streams. There's like shiny object syndrome when in reality, if you're able to develop a community that you love in one place, you don't have to go racing to try and grow everything else. Just focus on that one area. And there's something called the 80-20 rule, which is really, really, really important for marketing or for really your business in general, where it's 20% of the tasks or activities that you're doing brings 80% of the results. And this is really important for growing your business, but also identifying which are the money maker, like actual activities versus the not ones. When it comes to the 80-20 rule, you really need to just look at and see first, where have a lot of your clients or opportunities come from in the last month or two? For example, I think the majority of my clients that came from recently were Facebook. I wanna say either my Facebook group or the pop my podcast is getting a lot busier which is actually really great i've had a lot of people actually come from my podcast to my facebook group which is cool um however being able to know where those clients have come from allows me to see where i should be spending more time i've gotten clients on instagram as well um but i find instagram actually pretty easy so i've been trying to focus more on facebook however that's just my business and for different uh business owners for example one of my past clients she was a grant writer and as a grant writer she'd find better success on places like LinkedIn or possibly um, Instagram rather than Facebook because most people aren't really searching for grant writers on Facebook. Some do, but a majority are LinkedIn or Instagram or YouTube or website or SEO. So I really wanna say for a lot of you out there who might be experiencing overwhelm or who might be experiencing really any form of uh, anxiety or overthinking, um, this is the time for you to actually take a second and say, okay, let's backtrack again always to if you can reverse engineer a lot of your life you're like it's so much easier and so does your business so take a second and look at the last three to five clients you've gotten and really identify where do they come from obviously there's going to be some overlap for example you might have someone who's in your facebook group and in your instagram and in your podcast or email list whatever there's so many different places but one of the best things you can do to realize where they come from is first ask them. That's always great. Some people might not remember because it's been too long, but if you're able to either ask them or even on the purchase page or thank you page, put a little poll and say, hey, where did you find me or where did you find us? That will allow you to show where to actually put your efforts towards. Because I don't have to tell you that there's so many experts out there saying, let's see, I think the recent one is go to YouTube, all like just go all the way in YouTube, which I I think YouTube's great. I'm actually gonna be going on there soon, probably the next quarter. 
Um, but for right now, I love Instagram. I think Instagram's really fun, and then somewhat Facebook. Facebook I've had a love and hate relationship with, so we'll see how that goes, but yeah, I want to say for those who are out there who might be experiencing overwhelm or figuring out, okay, what's the next step for me? Instead of trying to figure out what's the next step new-wise, figure out what's the last couple clients you've had or the last big successes and see where that came from. Connect the dots from there. And second thing I would say is after you grow, you have to make sure that you nurture, which, again, so many different things you can do for that. But I would say... One of the biggest things is providing value in stories. Really big, <laughs> really big thing to do. Um, when it comes to stories, stories about yourself, stories about your clients that actually show versus tell. This is something that I think I need to like create a quote on or create some type of like picture on because they say it so often. But you have to show, not tell. For example, if you're a health coach and you were to say, water is great for you, you should drink five, uh, five, fifty, fifty. 60 ounces I drink I drink like three liters so I know I'm in the good but for most people they're like oh yeah I drink about like 60 ounces a day if you were to say that you're telling someone and they're just gonna say oh yeah I know you should drink water but I don't really want to so at that point you might just say oh well at that point I don't really know if I want to drink water you're telling me but why do I care but if you were to say that same thing and add in right after once I was able to start drinking water, my skin cleared up. I started to have less inflammation. I started to feel less anxiety. Thoughts like this started to disappear. That's showing versus telling because obviously you're giving them a suggestion, but you have to provide them some example because nowadays there's so much information out there. The noise level is insane. However, one thing people can't take away from you are your stories or what you've actually gone through and that's why for a lot of this new shift in marketing I think that value still has to be there to create that trust factor people understand that you're an expert but there's so much information out there that you have to make sure you add in a layer of story base because if not they'll see you as a textbook textbook versus a brand which is not what we want here so what I want to say when it comes to nurturing your audience really identify a couple of stories, a couple of values that can be really high value trainings, which means they're more like processes or like five steps versus just like a one-off tip and just space those out and create kind of like a mini library, but also a mini storytelling book through your posts, through your lives, through any content you create. That's how you nurture your audience. And there's like tiny, tons of other ways inside of that, but that's like the big one. And then the other is sell to your audience. This is a big one that a lot of people either don't want to do, forget to do, don't want to admit that they're not doing it, but it's a really big part. And there's a lot of limiting beliefs that can come around this. I personally had a couple that were like, one, I didn't want to sound salesy. That was like when I first started my business. Second was, oh, uh, there's no one in my audience who wants what I uh, what, who wants what I offer and there's something else I can't remember at this point but it's really amazing to see once you're able to work through a lot of those and actually re remember that people need what you have that's when selling gets super easy because you're able to say hey let me think about how can I be able to show how this can transform their life because at the end of the day 
the people are following you for a reason. They're not just following you for no, for just like shits and giggles. I mean, they might, but, but usually not. So instead, figure out how does what you do change every aspect of their life. And I know some of you might say, oh, I don't know if it, how it does, for example, like the grant writer. But think about it this way. Let's go with the grant writer. Hopefully, I'll be able to connect it correctly. <laughs> so obviously, their business, if they're able to get their grant written and funded, the nonprofit organization that she works for gets more funding. They're able to help those who are less fortunate. They're able to provide salary for the CEO and for the people underneath them, They're able to provide salary for editor staff. And it goes on. And their families, the janitor's family staff, and it goes on and on and on. And that's just the money aspect. This could be also, once they get more funding, they're able to have more money. Maybe they're able to spend more time and buy a ticket to go with their family to Bali or Hawaii. Or maybe they're able to book themselves a massage because finally all the work, hard work has paid off. And again, you can go in any area, relationships, health, friendships, money. If you're able to connect how what you do can affect each part of their life, that's when one, you realize how valuable what you do is actually, how much it actually is. Second, you can start to convey that to your audience. And third, you can realize how much they need what you have. So when you start promoting more of your offer, you know it's coming from a place of like, I'm going to transform your actual life versus just a, oh, it's going to be great here or there. So really identify when you look at the offers that you've had, whether the one that you're doing now or one that you're doing soon, see how can you connect what you do in that offer and how it, how it changes each aspect of their life. It's very, very important because for a lot of you, I think pricing yourself or promoting yourself can feel almost icky or gross when in reality, you're helping change their fucking life. And when you're able to finally step into that and own that and just be like, hey, this offer, what I do is meant to help change you and you convey that and you say that, it'll be a lot easier and they'll resonate a lot more with that. So those are the three main ones. I think the last two would be having a central hub of content. This is going to be a little bit different than like the growing your nurturing because it does, if you have your central hub of content, it can be used for all three of those. But this is really important because this is something that I did not think about when I first started. Um, and it led to a lot of just mismatched things. So what I mean by the central hub of content is you need one place that's evergreen that people can find you for. So that's why a lot of people talk about podcasting or YouTube recently because of and blogging. Those are the three places that your content can be evergreen and just stay there. So the reason why I'm not saying Facebook or Instagram is because although yes, they are really helpful for keeping content and kind of giving it to your audience, they're not evergreen. For example, people who are not signed in on Facebook, especially on mobile, cannot see the video that you put in your Facebook group or on your Facebook page very irritating. Uh, and on Instagram, for a lot of lives, they're only up for 24 hours. So it doesn't, it's more of like a temporary hub. But if you're able to finally choose one area to keep all your content, again, this could be the same content you're creating on your Instagram or Facebook, but just bring it over to one place. That will allow you to go from just a short-term game, which is thinking about the now versus next week, to the long-term game. 
which is thinking about months and years ahead. Because again, evergreen means that people will find this over and over until the actual internet runs out. <laughs> so think about that. Think about where you want to leave or put your hub. For me, again, I'm a marketer, so I like to go everywhere, try it out everywhere first. Recently, it's been podcasting. I love podcasting so much. I think it's really fun. I love interviewing people, and I love being able to share with you guys. Um, YouTube, I might be doing soon. However, the reason why I haven't gotten so much into YouTube is because there is an algorithm with it, and I have been learning more about it. I've taken a couple courses to help out with that, but I just haven't dived in deeper. And also, to be quite honest, I haven't been wanting to do full hair and makeup and like the like YouTube prettiness thing. So <laughs> that's why I've been slacking on that one. But just choose one place you're gonna have all your content housed, and that'll give you peace of mind to know that if Instagram or Facebook shuts down, that people are able to find you and especially for those who aren't following you on instagram or facebook yet they can find you on youtube or podcasting or blogging whatever that is for you those are four trying to think the last one would be barring other people's audiences again this can go into especially the growing and nurturing but especially the growing um you need to identify how to bring in more people not just you know from instagram or facebook but the same places that you have your content hub might be the same places where you can build off of audiences that other people have. For example, I've had my own podcast, which has about 50 or so uh, episodes. However, what's able to happen more so now is I, I've been on about five or so podcasts and that allows for their audience to hear me in a really personal way and then come over to my space, which is not the same thing as the actual MySpace <laughs> social platform. I meant like my online internet sphere. So when you're thinking about, you know, growing, nurturing your audience, also think about where can you create um, opportunities to where you can kind of borrow other people's audiences and vice versa. Because I think collaborating is still a really big part of today's marketing that it's hard not to utilize. Like the last two clients I've gotten were from Facebook and they were from, um, after I did a, cl a collab live video with a friend of mine and both of them reached out on their own asking if they wanted uh, if they wanted to work with me. And after literally one call, they were hooked. <laughs> they wanted help. And same thing happens today where I was helping one of my past clients and um, in her Facebook group, she actually introduced me and she was talking about me and so forth. And I've had, I've had at least two or three people message me about that same thing. So don't underestimate the power of quote unquote borrowing people's audiences. Really think about how you can actually show up and give value for them, but also make sure that the person who you're with, the host, you're also giving them the limelight. You're also remembering that this is still their audience and like compliment them, remind them how amazing they are. It'll go a long way. So those are like the five main things I'm going to tell you about today, but I want to say that honestly, if you kind of like where I'm at right now, <laughs> where your, what's it called, your audience, in, let's see, energy is not super high, don't force yourself to do all five at once. They're not meant to happen all at once. They can, um, especially if you have like a workflow for it, but I think the biggest reason why I'm feeling this way too, and why some of you might as well, 
is we put so much in ourselves. We put so much of the shoulds, what we think we need to do, what we want to try out. When in reality, if we just break it down to bare bones, that's actually where the magic happens. When you're consistent and you have just a couple tasks you need to do. So I want you to think about that. And I want to say for those who might be in the same space as me, that it's okay. It's okay to feel overwhelmed. It's okay to feel overthinking anxiousness. It's okay to feel all of those things. What you really need to do from that space is take some time to just chill, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but take some time to just relax away from the screen and then brain dump and then allow to see what you need to actually do. And I did a whole podcast episode actually on overwhelm, but I think as an entrepreneur, you're never going to just be overwhelmed <laughs> once and for all. It's not how it happens. It's more so about making sure that when you do experience those things, you have a game plan, you have a strategy on how to overcome it. And that's a really big part of entrepreneurship is resilience. So if you have any questions about anything I talked about in this space, let me know if you want the episode number for the overwhelm. I think it's like four tips to help overwhelm or three exercises. I've done so many, <laughs> so many podcasts. I think it's one of those. Um, I can definitely put it in the comments or show notes below. Um, but for right now, allow yourself, take a deep breath, and just know that you're on the right space, the right path at the right time. Everything is happening how it's supposed to happen. And take some time to evaluate what's really working for you and what you just want to work on. All right, have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. I'll talk to you guys all later. Thanks for listening to The Female Entrepreneur's Journey with Danielle Clem. If you like our show and want to know more, check out the show notes to join in the Insiders Facebook group, or please leave us a review on iTunes. Join us next week for another dose of business, branding, and everything in between. See you then.